Welcome back to another episode of Extra Innings, a Phillies podcast by the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'm Matt Breen here at Citizens Bank Park. I'm joined with Scott Lauber. Wait a minute, that's Bob Brookover's music. Bob Brookover back. I'm back. <laughs> After a week hiatus, Bob, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks for having me back on my own podcast. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we thought we'd let you uh, know when we were doing it this you time. You guys are great. You're the best. Bob, it was a misunderstanding. You were not left out of the podcast. You're not getting kicked out of the band. My favorite last week was where you said Bob Brickover has the week off. That was just totally untrue. It, very untrue. I was I was around. I was ready to do it. I, you know, Pete Best, that's me. Just call me Pete Best of the Beatles. Nope, you're never going to be Ringo Starr will be here soon, I guess. Anyway, we're here at Citizens Bank Park. Um, t- earlier today, Tuesday, we found out that Nick Pavetta, possibly, maybe, maybe not, who knows, might end up pitching out of the bullpen this season for the Phillies. Four rough starts, and then he goes down to Allentown on Sunday and struck out 14 guys. Bob, do, do you, is that for you a good, good place for him to pitch out of right now, the bullpen? I, I'm not ready to put Nick Pavetta in the bullpen. Uh, you got David Robertson coming back at some point. I don't know how long. There's no set timetable on him. But a, among the Phillies' problems they have right now, I don't think the bullpen is a big one of them. People are, are, have been disappointed in the bullpen, but you've got to keep everything in, in uh, comparison here. They've got the best bullpen in the National League East right now by far. Uh, so I don't, you know, I'd rather see Nick Pavetta get right as a starter. I think he helps you more as a starter than he does as a reliever. Um, maybe at some point, I mean, it's something we talk, they've talked about with Vince Velasquez for the last two years, uh, if not longer. So maybe at some point you, you go there. But right now I think you should just try to get him straight as, as a starting pitcher. That was a good first step, the, his last start. Let's see what he does and continue on in that way. If, if at some point you really need bullpen help, yeah, you think about it. But right now, that, that time is not right now. Yeah, I'm with Brookie on this totally. Um, you know, you don't go from Nick Pavetta in spring training is going to be your breakthrough starter, a guy who's got, you know, top of the rotation stuff, and then a month into the season say, you know what, he struggled in four starts, we're going to put him in the bullpen. I think it's more of a, if everyone stays healthy, and if you're in July or August, and you're in this thing, and you've got a healthy rotation and a surplus, and Pavetta's doing well in AAA, then you say, okay, well, someone's got to go to the bullpen and we can make that area of our team stronger. The first thing I thought of today was Brett Myers in 2007 when the Phillies moved him to the bullpen and they did it really early in the season and I'd have to go back and look and see what their rotation depth was that year and and why they felt so comfortable moving him as early in the season as they did. But I don't trust Vince Velasquez enough and I certainly don't trust whatever else they have in AAA, whether it's Drew Anderson or Ranger Suarez or, you know, De Los Santos is here now and he's in the bullpen, so we don't know what his role is going to be going forward. I don't trust their pitching depth enough to say Nick Pavetta, go to the bullpen and, and be there for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think that's the big problem is that, yes, right now, May 1st, Nick Pavetta helps his team out more in the Phillies bullpen than he does in the Iron Pigs rotation, obviously, but if he's in the Phillies bullpen, then who is your, your sixth starter? Who's your guy coming in if somebody gets injured or if Velasquez 
has a couple rough outings and he has to go to AAA or, or he has to be moved to the bullpen or whatever. Yeah, one one name Cole not Irvin. mentioned was Cole, Cole Irvin. Yeah, but he's not on the 40-man, so you got to figure out a way to get him on the 40-man. Not that that's an impossible thing to do, but I think they want to see more from Cole Irvin too. Uh, you know, this is a front office that really likes swing and miss type starters starters and relievers for that matter, But and, and he's not a big swing and miss guy. So I think he's going to really have to prove to them, hey, I, I belong in your rotation. I don't care if I'm a swing and miss guy or not. Uh, you know, I think it's part of the reason they're not enamored with Dallas Keuchel because he's not a huge swing and miss guy. So that's probably part of the reason we don't see him here. Forgot about Dallas Keuchel. Wonder what he's doing right now. May first. He's listening to this podcast. That's I'm true. He's <laughs> why wouldn't he be? <laughs> I mean, who, who isn't? Duh. <laughs> you know, if if I was sitting around with nothing to do, that's what I'd be doing for sure. I'd be listening to to old episodes too. I'd be going through back to beginning of the season. And, then, and then as soon as you got done, you'd read the extra innings newsletter naturally. But you wouldn't listen to any podcast without Bob on it. No, uh, I don't know. We were pretty good last that's week. True. That's true. We were. <laughs> I didn't listen. I, I was not refused to listen. Do you think Pete Best listened to the Beatles? <laughs> Probably. I'm guessing Pete Best did, <laughs> and it pissed him off every time he did. We'll stick with the bullpen. Adam Morgan Tuesday night pitched his 15th scoreless outing to start the season, which tied a Phillies record. Bob, you talked to Morgan. You wrote a Morgan piece in the Sunday Inquirer. It was online last week. What? Why has he this season been so good in the bullpen? I think he's just gotten used to the, the to the bullpen role. He's a different kind of reliever. You know, most relievers, especially really good ones, are power guys that come out. They throw ninety six, ninety seven. He he can kill you softly with off speed stuff. You know, he's really developed a good slider. He can get right handers and left handers out. Uh, you know, he he came in. Uh, in, in the series against the Marlins, they try to send a right-hander up against him. I think right-handers are hitting like under 050 against him now. Uh, he's just really learned and embraced the role. Uh, and, to, and it's a good story because this guy, you know, he was gonna. He looked like he was gonna be a, a at least number three starter for him when he was in his first years before, when he was drafted, and he underwent the shoulder surgery, really changed the course of his career, but. He's, you know, he's emerged as a, a real force in the bullpen. He's, he's a guy you want in there with a the game on the line. It's amazing. I started covering this team in 15, and, and he came up that summer. He had already had the surgery and everything. He battled his way back, and he was a starting pitcher. But he was just an av- He didn't have it. He, you know, he, the surgery was so serious that he was just an average starting pitcher for those 15, 16, well, 17. Well, and, well, and then, the, you know, he went back. He he. he Battled for the fifth job in the 16 spring training. Yeah, lost out to Vince Velasquez. Was really angry, and that kind of started the trip to the bullpen for him and learning how to be a reliever. Which you know, in this day and age, David Robertson makes pretty good money. Uh, you can be one of those guys. You can still make a lot of money, and he's he's going to be all right. Yeah, I just never would have imagined. You know, in 2016 or 17, that this guy now that the Phillies are contending five years later has a not only is a hero but has a really prominent role. He's their unsung hero. I mean, I know we're only a month into the season, but you know, given what they've gone through in their bullpen in just a month, you know, they were counting on David Robertson and Tommy Hunter to get out righties and lefties. And one of the reasons why they didn't go out and get you know a 
big-time lefty reliever is they felt like Hunter and Robertson were so good. Uh, their reverse splits were good, and Rob- Robertson in particular were so good against lefties. And neither of them, I mean, Hunter hasn't pitched at all. We don't know when we'll see him. Robertson you know, was ineffective and then got hurt and hasn't pitched since the beginning of the month. And yet there's Adam Morgan, hasn't given up a run yet. He's getting out righties and lefties. And when the season started, I'm not even sure whether they thought he was primary lefty material out of the bullpen. So talk about a guy who stepped up. I mean, him more than anybody has kind of been the unsung guy. And then, we, Bob, you mentioned earlier about how the bullpen is, you know, has the best ERA in the National League East, which, which isn't saying much. Low because, bar, low bar. But, but it's still, it's it's around the league average. So even across the national, across the majors right now, it's it's average, which is fine. But where do you, with the, these injuries, you know, Scott touched on them. David Robertson, we don't really know when he's coming back. Um, Victor Arano, don't know when he's coming back. Tommy Hunter, don't know when he's coming back. There is some question marks. So back to Nick Pavetta, to improve this bullpen, how long can you do you wait for those three guys to have an answer for you before you say, you know what, Nick Pavetta, I know he is our sixth starter, but he's also our best option right now to be in this bullpen. Well, I mean, you're going you're gonna to see, you know, the, the bullpen got tested in the first game of the Tigers series with five guys having to come out uh, in that game. So... You know, they do have another day off, which gives them a little reprieve. But, you know, as as you get into those, they just went through the pocket of 17 games in 17 days. As you get into those heavy pockets of games, you know, you and you get to the end of your bullpen, the, the, the you know, the De Los Santoses and the guys and the Nicasios, Alvarez, uh, you know, if those guys aren't getting the job done, and you're in one of those heavy pockets. You, yeah, I could see, I could see bringing Pavetta into that, and if, if he's pitching well. But you know, they they did it with De Los Santos without any worry about you know him being conditioned as a reliever. They just brought him up uh, and have put him in the bullpen. Um, will they do that with Pavetta? I mean, you, you kind of you know, in the old days, everybody you wouldn't go into a season without a, a long man in your bullpen who you could count on on those days like the first day Velasquez only doesn't go four innings. You have that long guy who's going to come in and pitch at least three innings. They don't really have that. I guess they do have it with De Los Santos. I don't know if they're willing to use it. We haven't seen it yet, uh, but. You know, maybe that's how you introduce Nick Pavetta to the bullpen in that in that kind of way. So we were sitting there watching Vince Velasquez throw 99 pitches in three and two-third innings. And I said, so, you know, I just got through saying I'm not ready to put Nick Pavetta in the bullpen. And I don't think they're going to do that yet. I think they're going to let time, more time go by. But we're sitting there watching Velasquez, and I said, you know, the bold prediction is that neither Velasquez nor Pavetta are in the rotation come September and maybe sooner. And the way to see that happen is they trade for a starter before July 31st. And I think we all feel like before the trade deadline, they're going to be in the market for another starting pitcher. If you were to get, say, Madison Bumgarner, now all of a sudden you've got Nola, Bumgarner, Arietta, Eikhoff, and Eflin, and neither Velasquez nor Pavetta factor in. They can both come out of your bullpen, and you strengthen that area of your team too, potentially. So, you know, I do think they're going to make a, a pitching acquisition at some point before July 31st, and that might make the Pavetta-Velasquez bullpen decisions easier to make because they may have 
more starters on hand by that point. It's a really good point because you're not only adding a starter, you're adding to your bullpen with two arms. It's a, a trade that – because odds are they'd address both if, if they could. But if you can address just a starter, there you add on two pitchers. I, the, the one, your if, you, if you're, if you're going to be a devil's advocate, the one thing you say, can they pitch effectively out of the bullpen? And that's what you have to see. But it's, 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 well, certainly, it's certainly worth seeing. And maybe all you need is one of them to go out there and kind of be sort of an X factor out of the bullpen. And now you've got six starters and one of those guys out in the bullpen. It makes your bullpen stronger and deeper. And we have to see how that plays out, too. I mean, if Robertson's return is imminent uh, and he can stay healthy then their need in the bullpen is not going to be as great as if he's out for a while. And I don't know uh, at this point yet how long he's going to be out. You know, if Hunter comes back and can contribute in any meaningful way. um, So, so many questions still need to be answered health-wise. And I think, you know, that's part of why you don't do Pavetta to the bullpen yet because you need to protect yourself in your rotation. But if you can make a move, one for, you know, in one area or the other, you get a lot more clarity in that situation. Of course, none of that's going to matter if Bryce Harper is getting four hits every 15 games or whatever it is. I mean, he's that's that's the bigger story. That was the bigger story against the Tigers than than Vince Velasquez not going four innings. Is you get four hits the entire game, one run, one hit after the second. one hit after second inning. You know what? I don't know. What do you guys think is happening with Harper? I want to say it's a two week rut and. You know, he started the season so hot, so you take that sample as, wow, Bryce Harper's great. And then you take the end of the month, and it's two weeks, two bad weeks, and wow, Bryce Harper, you know, is awful. But so it's just, it's like goes in waves. It's he's going to be great or he's going to be not great. And then he's going to be great again. It's just, I think it's going to happen. It's just this mentality now that the games are meaningful, so we, we do. Not overanalyzed, but we're focused in more every day on this team, and, and so is you know everybody in this area. So when Bryce Harper's not hitting a home run in three straight games like he did early in the year, there must be a problem. But if you look at his numbers, the since uh, before that Colorado series is when the, the struggles really started. He had the one good game in Colorado, five for seven, but throw that out, and he has four hits I think in the last two weeks. And a lot of struggles against the fastball. Bryce Harper historically mashes fastballs. I don't think there's a all of a sudden in year six or seven of his career he can't hit 95 miles per hour. So I, it just it's an issue that's going to be ta- that in my opinion will be taken care of itself. It'll happen in time, and a month from now, you know he'll have his timing down to plate. And teams are not going to be able to just blow fastballs past Bryce Harper. Well, here's how I look at it. I don't know how you guys felt, but. I don't know how you felt, how you thought he would start the season. I didn't think he would start the season as hot as he did, given the short spring training and an injury uh, that further limited his at bats. And, you know, he didn't have a whole lot of time to get himself ready for the season. I didn't expect he'd come out the first two weeks and be as good as he was. And maybe it was just the emotion of the thing, you know, playing for a new team in a new city. We know that he, he kind of thrives off emotion, he's that kind of player. And maybe that carried him through for a few weeks. But I think what we're seeing is maybe sort of the uh, 
the leveling of things, you know, the fact that he didn't have a long spring training, that maybe his timing isn't quite up to what it normally is. He's such a fast starter in April throughout his career, and he didn't have as good an April overall as he normally does. You know, maybe what we're seeing is a little bit more of a leveling of the playing field for him, for a guy who just got off to a late start and started out really hot because he kind of fed off of everything that was going on around him. And now it sort of it sort of evens out and you know i mean i think going forward he'll be just fine but i wonder whether you know if we looked at his numbers so far in their totality whether his april was about as good as we kind of thought it would be overall he just didn't think it would be so hot and then so cold if you project if you take the first month and you project it over 6 months it's 36 homers and 120 rbis yeah. which did what's that? Well, out of three hundred and thirty million, or what thirty-five million a year, you might say that's it. But you know, it, it would surely make the Phillies lineup better. And he's made the you know just his presence makes the Phillies lineup better. Makes Reese Hoskins better. It makes JT Ramuto better. Makes uh, Gene Segura better. Makes everybody better because it just allows the you know we the surprising part about one run against the Tigers and. Let's see this lineup get back in, you know, and and maybe Oduble Herrera, they miss him more than they think he's been out a while here, but he's a professional hitter. He he might drive people crazy sometimes, but he's a guy who you got to be careful because he can hit the ball out and he can hit the ball in the gaps, and they've been missing him for a while. I'll be interested to see. That's, you know, one of the topics coming up. I'll be interested to see when he comes back if Gabe just says, you know what, I'm going back to him in center. Left, yeah, yeah, Nick, you, you played some good games, but our best lineup is with Odubel Herrera in center field and McCutcheon in left, and that was the, that was the lineup that was putting up big numbers earlier in the season. I think he, I think Kapler would really like to see that lineup back intact as soon as possible. I think he will. I think that's what's going to happen ultimately. And you know what Harper hasn't done the last two weeks, which he normally does do when he struggles, is he hasn't gotten his walks the way he, he normally does. And I think that's going to be the difference. I think when he quote-unquote struggles throughout the course of the rest of the year, I, I think you're still going to see him get his walks. That just hasn't happened lately. And he kind of alluded to that you know, just tonight about how he's swinging the pitches out of the zone, which is sort of atypical Bryce Harper. And I think, you know, that's what they would like to see when he's not getting his hits, that he's still getting on base. Yeah, and definitely um, the one other thing about Harper I want to say that he said after Tuesday night's game that he has to stop chasing pitches outside the zone. I looked at the numbers. He's actually chasing the same amount of pitches outside the zone. He's just making contact on those pitches at a 10% less rate than he did last season. So, it probably feels like to him because he's having such less success on those pitches that that he is chasing a lot more. It's just a matter of he's not making contact at the rate he did last season in the zone, outside the zone, against fastballs. It's like it's too early to to hit the panic button. You know that Bryce Harper is having some troubles at the plate, and like Bob's point, I think for sure with the offense this bad, this struggling this bad, I should say. Odubel Herrera has to come back in and start. And there just makes no sense. that He didn't do anything to lose his job. It's like Blaine Bishop in the NFC Championship game, right? I remember that. Remember that? I remember that. You know, they had me on the podcast after that game. It was a really good one, too. But, you know, Andy Reid wouldn't give a guy his – wouldn't take away a guy's starting job because of an injury. I don't think Gabe Kapler's going to do it either. But so we'll wrap this up. Last thing, Alec Bohm went from Lakewood to Clearwater Tuesday afternoon – and that 
sandbagged your idea this week to go to oh, Lakewood. It sandbagged my idea to do that, but you're going to see an Alec Bohm story this week. Good. That's I can't wait to read it. But bold prediction. This is 2019. Next season, 2020. Do we see Alec Bohm at third base at Citizens Bank Park anytime next season? September. September 2020. Yeah, I think we do. I think it, it'll be before that. I, I think he ends the season in Double A, and if he does that, depending on how much time he gets down there, you know, uh, maybe by the All Star break next year. I mean, I, I think they're clearly they're clearly moving him quickly as they I think wanted to do when they drafted him. They drafted a college player who they thought was pretty advanced as a hitter. You know, I, I mean, defensively, that's the question with him, right? Is he going to stay at third base? And right now, everyone in the organization is saying, yes, he will. Um, it's where their need is, potentially, um, is at third base. So, yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'll, I'll, just go, I'll play it safe. I'll say September, just to not go out too much on a limb. I'm going to go all-star break. I'm going to stand firm on that. I do agree that he will be in Reading at the end of the season, Philly sometime next year. You got to give me credit for that Blaine Bishop poll. That was great poll. That was pretty good. Great poll. That was pretty good. I don't think you pulled that out last week when I wasn't on the podcast. You wouldn't. No. You. I, I think I, I bring out your your old guy memory. You do. Well, cool. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. I'm Matt Breen, Scott Lawler, Bob Brookover. We'll be back again next week. In the meantime, you can read all of our content at philly.com/sports, and you can subscribe to the newsletter. Extra innings in your inbox every weekday by nine o'clock. Philly.com/newsletters. Thanks for listening. Peace out.